Hello outrageous welcome back to another episode of Outrageously Me a podcast for outcasts and not to self this is all of me your host Sri and today it's going to get a little bit techy <laughs> i have here with me my best friend and uh, somebody who i look up to when it comes to product management and in his own words he loves creating things people find delights with so he's a software developer for 20 years and a product manager and leader for past 13 years is a university instructor is a product management coach is a startup advisor speaker podcaster and an author oh my god i don't even know how he finds time to do all of those things welcome to remushe for the podcast hey sri thank you for having me and i can tell you i also don't know how i can find time for all these things <laughs> <laughs> on top of that you have three beautiful daughters as well do. i don't even know where to begin <laughs> okay first of all let me ask you this this is something that i ask all of my guests mm-hmm. um what is outrageously me means to you oh that's such a good question um what it means to me it really means um and i think i'm much more equipped to say what it means to me at my age after doing so many things if you would ask me this question uh, 20 or 30 years ago i would have no clue really uh but i think it's about doing what i love doing but be understanding what is it that i love to do and based on that doing these things I see. I see doing what you love to do. That's the simple and yet very profound explanation for being outrageously oneself because when we do things that we really really love is just an expression of our truest self. Mm-hmm. And I think you got there really beautifully and I really like that. And you've been product management coach for several years now and you talk to a lot of founders, you see a lot of products and uh, Mm-hmm. as everybody know products have their own life you know they have a persona they have a unique selling point they they have use cases and just like a person the product also exist in this realm of virtual reality mm-hmm. uh, so how do you see products do you see them as different personas do you see them as brands do you see them as inanimate objects which has no meaning how do you see them Yeah, that's a very good uh, uh question. Uh I I th- I think I will say for every question you ask me today, that's a very good question. Uh, <laughs> so, products to me is really and and I'm focusing my career on digital products. So, uh, of course, there is many products out there. Uh most of the products we interact with are actually physical products, right? Yes. But my because my background in software development, that's really my focus, digital products. and to me there are tools there are really tools to help people to help our life being better now it can be a good thing and the tool can be a bad thing um but you can have the same tool used for either it's not the tool itself it's how you use the tool right so a knife you can cut you know vegetables you can create salad you can nourish yourself or you can do other things with a knife <laughs> Uh, yeah absolutely i love the definition it's very simple and it's very uh, clean it's, it's it's a tool it's a tool that's what it is although we make products to be something they are not because they are integrated into our lives right so without some of the software products that we use we don't even know how our life would be for example we are using riverside today to record this uh, podcast it has become a part of our um, 
routine right now. So yeah. that's what makes it interesting. Yeah. So today's exploration, Moshe, with you, I want to find out what are the different ways in which a product management principles can be applied to oneself Uh, mm-hmm. to embark on the journey of self identity and uniqueness and also how can it help me to be more of myself mm-hmm. that's the journey we are embarking today Let's and go. Uh, yeah i want to start with a vision like you know every product has a vision unique selling point and how can it be um, applied to self identity and how we differentiate ourselves in our unique qualities and skills and values and how do we define that So mm-hmm. how can you relate these two things the one with value proposition and unique selling point for the product and to the one with our own value of self identity skills and unique qualities Yeah so I always look at products um or sorry let let me start again I always look <laughs> at I always look at trying to do anything that I I do in life as almost as a product because mm-hmm. when I work on a product I'm not um i'm trying not to be emotionally connected to it so it's easier when you when you're not emotionally connected to something you're observing it from the outside and then all the skills that i learned throughout the years you know on how to create a product and how to even envision the product and move toward that goal to try to apply it to other things as well so the same thing is also you know it could be uh just a project i do at home or it could be if i write something like i write a book or it could write a book yes i try to i try to treat that also as a product or you did. yes i mean it is a product of course at the end of the day people consume it like you know other products but um this is a fictional book and when you write fiction it's very it's an art and you're connected to it in a, so many levels that you fall in love with it and it's very hard to detach yourself from it and really get real feedback so that's mm-hmm. what i try to do so the same thing also with my career or with when i'm trying to help other uh to mentor other product managers uh and coach them towards where do they want to be in their career i'm looking to see okay so what are their values what is valuable to them what is not valuable to them and what defines success for them and based on that try to align this with and create a strategy so how mm-hmm. do i get to that success and how will i be able to measure this success all of these are things that come in you know very naturally from product management um and they should come naturally also for other things like that so when you talk about self expression such as writing a book it's a, such a creative process you have characters you have you said it's a fictional book and so there's a lot of creativity that goes into writing a book and when yeah. you treat it as a product then you have product when you have product management it's clean cut right so there are no room for a different way of expressing something it's just mm. you know when you have a product you have to do a b c d and then you have to do them for the success of the product mm-hmm. so but when also you need to think about self identity skills and personal values it's more to do with creativity than to do, to to be with you know process and um, things to follow so how do you see them interacting with each other since you have used it for your book yeah um there are processes for sure so i wanted to make sure that i learn you know from other people from other authors and i took classes to learn the craft but um and that's where i want to to look at when i 
when, when you write a book, you have to read it and read it and read it until you get tired of your own words. <laughs> you want to, to have these different um, path, paths of, of reading that you're saying, okay, now I'm reading it as this type of person. Or now I'm reading it as that type of person. Sometimes it will be myself as I'm the author and I want to convey a specific message. Sometimes it will be as as the readers and maybe different type of readers even to say, do I really understand what he tried to say here? Does he tell me too much and I'm not enjoying it anymore because I'm being fed? Or is there still some mystery there? So things mm-hmm. like that. And this is... Um, uh, the same as when you build a product, you have to think about the persona of the users that are going to use it. Do they understand, you know, what the product is about? Can they navigate the product? Do they um, find the value? Does it solve a problem to them specifically? So there are very, very um, a lot of uh, similarities there. But you're right. Creative process is a very uh, demanding and also very um, um, personal thing. And, and that's where you have, maybe because it took me eight years to do, it helps me to put it aside for a little, then get detached from it for a bit. So that could be another idea there. How do you detach yourself from your own creation to be mm-hmm. a bit more, uh, um, a bit more uh, you know, uh, um, not so much in the weeds, in the details, but more of higher level and really fit, create a feedback loop for yourself. Mm, feedback loop for yourself. So when you started talking about outrageously me and what it means to you, you said it's the thing that we love to do. So, and then when we talk about writing a book, of course, this is something that you really like to do. And product management coaching, that is also something you really like to do. These two are an expression of your self. And these are the things you really, really like to do. So, but when it comes to detaching yourself from work, that is one thing you talked about. These are two different extremes. One is something where you pour yourself into your work. Mm-hmm. And you also talked about detaching yourself from the work. So mm-hmm. how do you see that applies to you in the terms of identifying yourself like self-identity and, and you know, propagating your qualities outside the world, outside to the world? Um, yeah, so... There are two things for myself, and that's what I encourage everyone to do, is to find what is valuable to them and what they like to do. Mm. For myself, the two things I like doing is creating on one hand and making value for people. So what is going to be valuable for someone? Are they going to be happy with this or not? So some of it, you know, the why behind it is that I like making people happy. And mm. when people are happy, it makes me happy as well. So... Uh, you know, everything that I do kind of has this these, um, thread in there that I'm creating something. So I'm creating a product with a team that I'm working with. It's not just me. Or I'm creating a book or whatever it is that I'm creating. Uh, and then there is also the people that are going to use it. Is that going to help them? Is it going to create value to them? Right? Mm-hmm. So I realized this over a long time. In the beginning of my career, it, it was really hard for me to understand that. Mm. And then once in a while, I understood more of these things. So these two things, creativity was something I always liked. Mm. But making people happy was a bit more um, personal than on the business side. And also, in some ways, I was putting myself down a bit because it was always about the other people. Ah, rather than I see, I see. Yeah. People pleasing. People pleasing, exactly. 
So over the years, I learned how to make it that it's not just for them, it's also for me, mm. because I really enjoy it. Uh, and I truly enjoy when people, someone is getting value. So, so it's not just about them, it's also about me. But also, you know, uh, weaving this with the creativity and creating new things is really something I find pleasure in. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, you were about to add something. Just to, 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 to close that, that uh, answer, um, that's really the things that I'm looking at. So if I feel that I'm getting bored with something, I would like, okay, so am I creative enough? And mm. am I creating value to people to make them happy? Mm. And if, I, if one of those is no, then probably I have to change something. Oh, that's a two checkpoints that you have, like, are we creating value and is it making people happy? So if yeah. these two collide, then you're happy with doing whatever you're doing. That's fantastic. Exactly. Exactly. So you talked about people and people pleasing, which is probably one of the most important aspect of product management uh, discipline <laughs> itself, like stakeholder management and, um, you know, making sure you get the feedback from the people and also to make sure that what is a specific segment of audience that you're serving when it comes to product management and yeah. how that discipline of stakeholder management can be applied to um, us as an individual to effectively manage and create relationship where um, our self-identity is kept intact and is also being appreciated. How do you, how do you see that? Yeah. So again, the, having those two things in mind all the time, uh, with product management and stakeholders, that's a huge topic that we can talk <laughs> for hours on. And it, it, there is a sense of pleasing people, but we really have to look at it very differently. It's not about pe people pleasing because then we get nowhere. We will mm. say yes for to everyone for whatever they want, and then there will mm. always be clashes, and we'll not be able to prioritize things and really create value. So I understand even in product management, people pleasing doesn't help. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. <laughs> it's not about people pleasing, uh, because then you will want to please everyone and then you please no one. It's more mm. about people alignment. So you align everyone to the same vision and the same goals. And then once people are aligned to this, you have a much easier way to show them that few things are aligned with this and other things are not aligned with that. And therefore, if the... If the, you have issue with the alignment, that's a bigger issue than if you don't please them. But once you align with that, you will be able to please them on the things that align with that, right? Mm -hmm. so, so, so that creates a better, much better balance. Yeah, so it's almost as if like a product has a specific persona that it wants to have a value that it wants people to be aligned with. And you as a person also have a specific persona <clears throat> and you may not be relatable to everybody, but there would be certain people that your values will be aligned to and they would appreciate you for who you are. And that's exactly finding the right audience is a common element between these two. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and, and th that's one point, but you're also bringing a, something uh, to the surface there because there are many different product managers with different personas. Not everyone in product management is like me, right? <laughs> so I'm a very specific type of person. And um, that's um, one of those things that, on one hand, we need to understand and to build these relationships with stakeholders and create alignment. On the other end, we have to use what we are powerful at and what is our strength to make that happen. 
So some people have better strength in uh, relationship creation or some in communication or some in um, uh, socializing or some in data-driven decisions. So there are many different types of you know, things we're strength, strong at. Um, I think that um, we all have to identify what we're strong at. Mm, right. We try to use that because we have that strength, but not to forget that there are other ways to do it. So sometimes also get out of our comfort zone uh, if needed, because, um, you know, the stakeholders might be a very different type of person as well. Mm. <clears throat> it's almost as if saying that the outrageously me, the self-identity and being oneself is is definitely different for different people. It's different for me. It's different for you. It's it's about you, who you are as a person and what values you want to proclaim to the world and who you want to align with and who do you find ways to provide value to. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the product management discipline, as you said about different product managers, also says. So it's kind of, I see a lot of similarities and a lot of synergy in speaking about these topics. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, I do too, absolutely. Um, and one of the things that always um, intrigued me with your podcast and with the, you know, the, the title of the podcast is that most of us don't really know who we are and we mm. just try to fumble around. If we mm. don't know who we are, it's a much harder position to, to do anything. Uh, product management is even harder, I would say. It's hard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but... Um, that's also one of those things we have to consider about our stakeholders. When we talk with them, they don't necessarily know who they are. So they might think that they are X, but they're actually Y because of different reasons, right? Or mm. they might not bring out to the surface because they play specific games or whatever that is. Uh, so we need to be sensitive to those things and see how we can, um, I don't know if help them with the right thing because yeah. they're not a psychologist. But uh, it's more about how do we maneuver around it or how do we use their strength? Because everyone has strengths. So identifying their strength and use them to help them help us. Yeah, and that's a very interesting point. You said many people don't know who they are. And, you know, I also speak to a lot of founders. Uh, we work together. Mm-hmm. And when we speak to a lot of founders who have a startup and we have a, they have a specific idea for a product, Sometimes we also see them that they are not very sure about the specific products ideation or mm. specific products unique value. Mm-hmm. Um, they might be all over the place, right? So can you walk me through the product management discipline? What would you do when you're working with such founders who has a product, but there is no clear unique vision of who they are or what the product is? Yeah. I first try to focus on what is the problem you're trying to solve. Mm. And and there is always the question of why. Why are you trying to solve this problem? And why? And getting really to the root cause of that. Um, mm. There is a very simple way to do that. It's the five whys. You always ask another why, like five times, until until you get to a much deeper root cause. Um, the, in some the five whys you are talking about is what, when, who, how... Why not? And all those are those things you're talking no, about? No, basically why. You always ask why. It's the same question. Why? Oh, it's the same question. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're asking someone, um, you know, why um, I, I actually, um, you know, I have an example for you, right? So okay, go ahead. Interesting. The, the example is not so much from the founder perspective, but more from uh, even my own perspective in the past when I was laid off. 
So the, the question was like, uh, you know, I, I've been laid off and I can't find a job, right? Okay. So you asked why? And maybe the answer is, oh, many of my skills are only for a specific job. So I don't have another skill, right? So then you ask why? And your answer, oh, maybe I specialize in a niche technology. So the technology is, the skills are in this technology. So you ask another why. Um, so why are you only this technology? Oh, maybe because it took me a long time to learn it. And, I, uh, you know, this was my comfort zone. So you ask why? And you're like, oh, maybe I'm afraid to get out of my comfort zone. So you ask why? So so then you get to, oh, I'm, I'm worried I, I'm not, I'm, I'm too old to learn something new. So when you get to this behavior, cool. yeah. yeah, you can actually find out maybe new directions how to solve this problem because it's not a problem necessarily about finding a job. It's a problem about being afraid of doing something new. Or being afraid of not being too old, of being too old to do something new. So, yeah. so the same thing I would I would say to to the um, to those founders to really go try to understand the why behind their trying to do something. Sometimes they will have a very clear reasoning that they will find it, and from that reasoning they will be able to say, okay, now I can do some action items to that. But some of them might say, oh, because I want to be rich, or you know whatever. <laughs> and, yeah. And if you ask them a reason why they want that, they might say other other reasons behind that. You know, I want security. I always want to be able to do X and Y and Z and stuff like that. And maybe there are other ways to get there, not necessarily build something no one will use or and waste their money on that. That's fantastic. But, I really like that example. This is so clear cut. Like mm -hmm. when somebody is working on themselves and self-identity and who they are and what they want to do in life, all they have to do is ask why. <laughs> How simple is that? And get, when get... yeah. When <laughs> I'm standing in front of my students, the first class, the first um, you know slide that I show them after introducing myself, I'm asking them what's the most important question, and the only answer is why. Because mm. Without the why, you you really don't you do things you know just because you do things because of some you know, someone told you to do it. But if it's not because of you, or it's not because you understand really the reasons behind it, then what's the point? Yeah. And you also talked about another important aspect, like there may be more than one way of going about it. And often when we are in the path to self-identity, self-realization, and, you know, knowing what our superpowers are and leaning into the superpowers, we often get stuck with semantics of it. We often get stuck with, um, certain roadblocks and we think that, oh, this is it. This is where I stop. This is where it's going to end for me. And there is no other approach to this. But your answer was very clear. There are all more than one way of doing something. Mm -hmm. So if you are getting stuck on certain level, maybe perhaps we have to look at the problem differently, ask ourselves these why questions and navigate it in a way that we can get through that in another uh, direction. And that's exciting and as well as very reassuring for me because, you know, the path to self-identity or being 100% yourself is not so not so easy. It's not a path that many people would, would take. Yes. Um, it's not yeah. a path that people would want to um, also embark with ease because there is there's so much to navigate and so much unknown and, and in mm. every step of the way you will find some sort of a problem that you need to solve so that 
takes us to the next question, the problem solving. Yeah. Uh, product management uh, specifically has certain ways that you can solve a problem. And can you tell me how you can apply that in different areas of life, even to our own self? Yeah. Um, so, so the first thing about product management and product solving is that it's not um, mutually exclusive. So it, it means that you don't necessarily hire a product manager to solve problems because the, pro the solving the problem can come from many different places. Yeah. Um, and, and it's actually more important to understand the problem you want to solve. So that's, that's where, you know, the, the, the point of view we like to say. In, in uh, other areas in life, you know, the what five whys is one of, one of those things. Um, other things is like, you know, asking for help. Uh, so you don't have to do it on your own. Uh, mm -hmm. Baby steps. So start with the things you know and easy for you to do and then go. So iterate on it and, and build your strength. And I think people should write this down. This is fantastic. I always <laughs> ask for help. Mm -hmm. Take baby steps. These two are wonderful. And write down your vision or something. That would be your third step. Go on. Absolutely. And, and I think throughout all of these, the important thing is that it's very hard for us to do it on our own because it's hard for us to see inside versus seeing other people. Mm. You know how sometimes it's so easy to see how another person behave or do something <laughs> or say something and you're like, oh, this is so wrong or this is so this. But when we do it, it's really, really hard to identify. So mm. asking for help, that's, that's one of those things. It's not just ask for help for the things you don't know, so, but it's also ask for help to identify what is it that you have to work on. Um, you know, coaching is one way to do that. Um, you know, therapy is one, another way to do that, but there are many, many different ways to do that. Um, but in general, you know, those are the things that as product managers, we never want to be alone in this and mm -hmm. we can't be alone, alone in that. So the, the solver pro so problem solving is really a team sport. Wow. That's definitely wonderful. And I'm trying to navigate from the beginning of the podcast to here, and if I can summarize wonderfully, like mm -hmm. outrageously me, if one person is on this journey of outrageously me, from the product management principles, it all starts with, uh, as you rightly said, doing what you love. That's the first step. And you may want to ask why you're doing something. Asking why is actually very, very important. And then when you are embarking on that, you have to know that there are more than one ways of doing it. So you try doing it in different ways and also asking for help because as a single person, you cannot do it alone. And it's very difficult for you to see internally that, than how you see others and external things. So asking yeah. for help and taking those baby steps and writing your vision down and, you know, involving other people in your journey. And that's fantastic. And if I can summarize all of that, it suddenly forms the guidebook of, you know, how you can apply product management principles to be 100% yourself and outrageously yourself and how you can utilize that, that. We should write that book. <laughs> yeah, we should write that book. We can co-author that book. And uh, right. I bring in the values from the personal and self-identity perspectives and authenticity perspectives. And you bring in the values from product management, coaching, exactly. problem solving, uh, exactly. people pleasing, <laughs> all those perspectives. Uh, one last question I want to ask you is that, um, you know, a product after it goes live or it goes to use for a other people, it doesn't stop there. There is always a continuous loop of feedback and getting improved and things like that. So how do you connect that to self 
identity and authenticity and becoming more and more of ourselves like do you think taking the feedback helps in becoming our truest version mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely i i think that life is a, a lifelong journey so mm. learning about ourselves and and improving ourselves is a lifelong journey um because we change we change perspective the context where we are is changing all the time you know the family we are is growing up uh, we're moving places the world is changing around us <laughs> so th- it's definitely um something we always have to 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 be on top of and and for that we need that feedback now feedback mm. connects with what we said before about other people telling us about ourselves so that's part of that feedback yeah uh with product it's 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 easy because product uh, doesn't have you know product is um is um an object that doesn't have any voice the voice will be the users that are using it mm. um and as product managers if we are tuned to our users we have to listen to them we have to see how they use it we have to see what is it they use they don't use they like they don't like and there's a very bottom line there you know the success of the product the scaling of the company and the ROI that we're trying to bring right it's revenue at the end of the day um so it's it's kind of easy for us to understand it in in the business world um as product people that we have to do these things uh when it comes to ourselves uh, we can also say like we have to separate ourselves from don't get offended by the feedback it's yes. not for, <laughs> very important it's not for thinking <laughs> so can we be also a bit of an object that don't care about if it's a good feedback or not uh remind ourselves all the time i keep reminding myself all the time why i'm getting feedback and mm. that every feedback is uh, you know has um value um knowing how to give feedback is also important and i learned it throughout the years there is um many good um people that know how to give feedback are actually coming from uh uh the creative world um artists and and authors because when they learn art yeah. they learn how to give um critique so mm-hmm. and one of the things they're te- they're telling and I've done it you know through art school and through um uh writing school uh they tell us start with the good things so make sure the person you know know all the good things and then also include the things that are not necessarily bad but they can improve on. Mm. And you know be nice about it we live in Canada so we have to be nice. Uh, we- <laughs> <laughs> Even otherwise we should be nice but yeah being oh, yeah. in Canada yeah, adds yeah. an extra layer. <laughs> exactly everyone needs to be nice about it. But um you know if I if I hear feedback from someone that is not in my style or I feel like oh my ego is going to be really hurt by t- their feedback um i i i remind myself you know this is them it's not me this is the way they communicate it's not me yeah. i can take it or leave it but if i take it maybe i will grow from this feedback um, yeah so there is a lot of those nuances also about how to get feedback and then what to do with the feedback and improving ourselves all all the time because it's important mm And I really like that that feedback is a lifelong learning right like as you grow and as you you know work through situations the identity of yourself keeps changing and that's what is interesting also your product changes also your product evolves over the period of time and you also evolve as a person over a exactly. period of time and okay. feedbacks uh, feedbacks helps you do that and feedback helps you get better and better at at yeah. your game and and to be more of yourself and to provide more value to people around you 
That's fantastic. Is there anything else you want to tell our uh, audience who are listening uh, that might help them to be more of themselves? Um, well, there is always a lot of stuff coming out, but another thing that I'll, uh, you know, come to mind is about being um, humble. Mm. And and it also go towards, you know, how do I accept feedback and stuff like that. But humility is one of those things that I don't know what I don't know. And yes. even the things I think I know, they could be gut feelings, they could be my guesses, they could be yeah. unsustainable, they can, whatever. So it's always, um, humility is, is a good thing. It's not a bad thing. Um, and it's about being accepting to other options out there. And those other options could be other ideas, new feedback, uh, new data that contradicts what I thought. Uh, it could be anything. But that really can open us up to a much more um, input from the world. Wow, that's beautiful. You nailed it all together, Moshe. And it was fantastic. Over the, over the period of time that I spent with you, I've gotten to know you in different facets. And this is... This is one part of you which is very, very beautiful is that you are humble, you take feedback and you also provide feedback. And you. you are such a nice person to be around with. Thank you so much for being you. And thank you so much for coming onto this podcast today and uh, sharing thank with you. all of us as how product management can help us to be more of ourselves. I'm going to put in the description for all the uh, audience as to how they can reach you in LinkedIn and your email address uh, from your LinkedIn profile. And uh, you, they can book a one-on-one. -on -one. I believe you're, uh, you're, you're a person who loves to meet people, as I know. I and I <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about um, uh, in this podcast? Like, uh, do you want to say something about being outrageously me, the podcast itself? Um, I, uh, you know, the, the feelings are mutual. I love what you're doing, Srin. I love working with you. And uh, thank you very much for uh, inviting me to share my point of view. Um, I know sometimes the business world can feel very clinical and how do we apply it to the real world? But I think more and more we see that we are human, actually, and it's the real world that have to make uh, the, the business world much less clinical than it is. So yeah. I, I appreciate that you're doing that through the podcast and through being outrageously you. Um, so thank you for, uh, so much for that, Sri, for being there mm -hmm. and, and being who you are. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. And uh, thank you, everybody, for listening and tuning in to us. Please leave a comment as how you like the podcast. And if you have any questions, feel free to write to me or put it in the comments. And take care, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.